One of the best things I ever did for myself was to register for the DNA surprise retreat last year. It was shortly after I found out about my DNA surprise and my ethnicity shift. The retreat was a place of community and friendship and understanding and learning that I was not alone. I learned skills to manage the shock and I was learning to begin to heal. I was so surprised that many people were going through the very same thing or similar circumstances. I was surprised by the empathy and the care that I received. I was surprised in a lot of other good ways. Is there any way you can go to the retreat this year? I can highly recommend it in every way. Let your story begin. Let your healing begin. Whether you just uncovered your DNA surprise or you've been on this journey for a while, the DNA Surprise Retreat is for you. Registration is open now. Join us from September 19th through the 22nd, 2024, just outside of Phoenix, Arizona. You can reserve your space at dnasurpriseretreat.com. I'll see you there. I would really say what it has happened is I've gained a healthy level of selfishness. Um, I grew up around Catholic people, and I definitely was raised to not put myself in my needs at a healthy level of first. And because of that, I've just done more for what, like me, like when I think about it and how she might have judged me for the choices that I've made, or she might, like, I can still feel it in my head, like she, where it's like, oh, well, she wouldn't have liked that you did that, or she would have been mad at you for that. In my head, I go, well, guess what? She put me in a situation that she's never been in before, and I got to do what I got to do. And that means relationships, career choices, where I live and what I like. Like, she literally has not set any kind of level of accountability, growth, or perspective. Like, I know that she's still only thinking about herself. And so when I have those moments of anger, it's I got to do what I got to do, too. And... I know that's a simple way of handling it. I like that expression, the the healthy level of selfishness. Although really, it's not selfish at all. You're probably just establishing healthy boundaries and doing the things right that are, are good to do for yourself. Welcome to DNA Surprises, a podcast that delves into the world of unexpected DNA discoveries. I'm your host, Alexis Auerselt. In July 2021, my life took a surprising turn when I found out that I'm an NPE, a person who has experienced a non-paternal event. In other words, my biological father isn't who I thought he was. Join me as we explore the stories of NPEs, adoptees, and donor-conceived people and their families. Get ready to unravel the astonishing journeys that begin with a simple DNA test. This is DNA Surprises. Welcome to a bonus episode of DNA Surprises. Michael Paul first joined me in season two, shortly after his discovery. In this bonus episode, Michael shares an update on what's happened in his life since we last spoke. He shares his journey of discovering the importance of self-care and setting boundaries after a DNA surprise. He also discusses his evolving relationship with his bio dad and the challenges he faces, along with the positive changes he's made in his life, such as changing his last name and pursuing his career passions. 
This is a shorter version of this bonus episode. If you'd like to hear the episode in its entirety, join me over on Patreon at patreon.com slash DNA surprises. Thank you for sharing an update on your story, Michael Paul. My name is Michael. I am 29 years old now, and I am from Columbus, Ohio. Michael, you were on the podcast, I believe it was season two, and Uh you shared your story. It was relatively fresh, and you reached out to me and said you wanted to share what has happened since we last spoke. And I follow you on social media. I see kind of what's going on in your life. For anyone who's listening, what have you been up to? I should say, now I'm thinking about it, I introduced myself as Michael Paul in the other one, so I'm still the Michael Paul. <laughs> that that hasn't changed. Yes. But a lot has changed. I think it really came down more to how I view myself. I think a lot about the no contact that I discussed that's still happening. But the elements of it, I think, are different for me in that... It's not so much anger and rage anymore. It's a lot of the what now. In my personal Mm -hmm. life, I definitely think that at the time it was so fresh, it wasn't impacting things. But over the last year and a half that I have been grappling with the fact that I'm an NPE and all of the things that my mom did to not really share the truth with me and everybody else, it impacted a lot. It makes a lot of what I went through growing up and not knowing the truth feel very futile. What's really changed with me about the NPE experience is having to go back and learn how to trust my gut is what's really changed. There's some positives to it, especially with the relationship with my bio dad. He still, he and I still text and talk every now and then I haven't met him and I'm not sure how that's going to go. It just, it scares me. And then my life ever since really May has just been a lot of whirlwind and a lot of variables. I still talk to him and stuff. It's just, I think for right now, considering the fact that I didn't know, like I had an idea and he doesn't know at all. I'm not really upset about it. I know some people would feel differently of like, they want to meet this person right away and reconnect as fast as possible. And I don't think that there's really any rush. I think that he needs time to like grapple with that. And I think if it's hard on me, it's going to be hard on him. The relationship is still going. It's not so much me just kind of being like, I don't really know where I stand, which is really nice. I haven't really gotten any photos or anything, but that's been the discussion lately is, hey, I've been going through some like old photos and stuff. I think you might like them. Do you want them? I think for what it's worth, I would say that the relationship is going really well. And so there's like little positives like that. And I get to work on like the personal, like association with the word parents a lot where it's like, he's not really out to get me. And that's really looking back at how I felt growing up is that parents are like a bad word. And, you know, it is cool to have somebody that like, I know I look like him at least from the one picture I've seen. So it is cool to at least know that like there's somebody that looks like me and does in a in some ways like I think he does think a lot like me which is interesting just from the conversations that we've had I'm getting to uncover the path of me and 
relearning to trust myself, I think, in a way that I was trained not to. Yeah, that trusting yourself is big. So kind of going back to your family, because one of the things that really stuck with me from our conversation was the decision that you made to go no contact with your family. Have you had any contact with your mother, your raised father, or your brother since we last spoke? With a heavy heart, no. And that's been really hard for me because while all of this was happening, my personal relationship was falling apart. And what had changed more or less is I remember telling Chase, my boyfriend at the time, this is really hard that you're having these decisions considering what I'm going through. And it's not his fault that this is the cards that were dealt. But there was just so much of like, hey, like, you know that I'm going no contact and him not being able to like he, I think, never really understood it because he would always give me his rebuttal was always, well, you're just mad at them. And it's just made it like a lot harder and realizing like the gravity of that. I lost my job, sadly, a couple months ago, and it has been really hard, especially in the like economy to support myself, especially when there's no safety net. I'm doing it and I'm making it. It's just like there's so many times in my life where I just go, man, like if people were honest, I, I probably wouldn't be in this situation and I probably would have a little bit more support. And I know that some people, you know, might find that like privileged and stuff. And like, not everybody has access to that. And I'm fully aware of it. I just know for my family, like that is something that they could do is, you know, just be something that I rely on and I can't rely on that family unit. And so that makes it really hard. There's days where I really do want to pick the phone up and call. I just think that the problem really is that like, it's just the lack of accountability and the willingness to side with my mom when I don't think she had any real reason to do what she did. She just did it to do it. Has anyone tried to reach out from your family? I got a phone call around Christmas time, right when I had like made the decision that I wasn't going to go no contact, but I have not had any correspondence since that point, which also makes me think one of two things. There's a, well, he doesn't want to contact us and he doesn't really come around often anyways. And then I think there's another part where it's like, well, he found out that he had a dad and he wants nothing to do with us. That's something that I've been reflecting on a lot. Yeah, I could go back and I could talk to them. I think that the response that I would get is that they would be mad that I left in the first place. Like there would be no mm -hmm. understanding of what this has done to me and my identity and how I feel about myself. And that's more or less why I think like, yeah, I've made the decision is there a part of you where, where you see benefits to going no contact? And if so, what are those for you? That's a good question. As hard as it is, and as much as I some, some days might cry about, I, I really do cry, but I can say this over and over again. Yeah, it might be really hard right now, but it sure beats having people that you're supposed to trust constantly not looking out for you. Um, I would say it's really hard right now, but at least I don't have them breathing down my necks, making me feel bad for every choice. They're just not credible anymore. Like it's, it was all 
wrapped around my mom's little deck of cards that she wanted to control. And that was the whole plot for her. And so, yeah, it's hard at the same time. Like I have, I get to make decisions for myself and instead of constantly adding more pressure to myself around people being upset because of the choices I've made, I don't have to go to bed at night hearing them yell at me or be mad at me because I say hard stance. No, this is not appropriate to me. And this hurts me. And I don't like the way that things are going. Something needs to be addressed instead of having no accountability or like having to fight for that accountability. It's just not in the equation anymore. And so that's really been the positive is like, I'm just a lot more, I think, peaceful, and I get to sit a little bit more with, like, well, what do I want to do? What about me? Yeah. What does Michael Paul want to do knowing X, Y, and Z? And it's not about them anymore, and it's more about me and making decisions for myself. Mm -hmm. And so that part is really good. Um, Yeah. Yeah. It was a decision that you made to protect yourself and to take care of yourself. Another one of the things that we talked about when we last spoke, you mentioned that was something you felt strongly about was changing your name. And to be honest, I had never really thought about that. I'd never really considered changing my name. I hadn't talked to anyone who was considering changing their name. And so can you give us an update on that? Did you change your name? I did. I kept, I didn't change my first name or middle I changed my last name and I have got to say it was, it's annoying from paperwork for anybody that's ever been legally married and chooses to change their name. (laughs) It is a hassle. I will say that is the single-handedly the best choice that I've ever made for myself. I don't regret it. I love the last name that I chose and I'm really proud of me for choosing to do something solely for myself. I do acknowledge where I've came from, and I thank the old me for getting me to where I'm at, but I think me choosing to make my own family name is a really fair statement and a really kind thing to do to myself, considering how much time went by, because I was 27. Yeah, it's been two, it'll be two years in, at the end of October, so... I think it's really fair. I get to say, hey, this wasn't, this was not me. And it wasn't me because it wasn't true. And it wasn't my fault. And I can accept that. At the same time has gone on so long that, you know, I'm not really bound to this other family either. And I get to start my own family name. And I think that's really cool. Like, it's just something for me. And it's no fault of my bio dad. It's more what do I do for me that's not tying myself to the situation? And I think that's what I did, and I'm still really proud of it. I don't regret it. I don't regret it at all. Honestly, with my new boyfriend, he's a lot more understanding, and he gets it. He has a little bit of a tougher relationship with his family. And one day I just sat him down and was like, look, like here's what it is, and I need you to know too. Like I did something for myself, and I changed my last name. And he was just like, oh, Well, that's really cool. The other thing that's changed is for people with autoimmune disorders, because of my DNA surprise, I insisted for a while and like months that something wasn't right. I was tired all the time. I was progressively gaining weight. 
And because of the DNA surprise, I trusted myself and said, something is definitely not right. And after I'd say about six or seven months of trying to get like a diagnostic standard and like working with nutritionists and everything finally got tested and found out that I have hypogonadism for people who don't know what that is. That's where your body doesn't produce enough testosterone. It's commonly seen in, in males. I knew something wasn't right. And then affirming of if you have ever gone against your gut or you don't trust your gut, start doing it. Because if you don't feel right or something just isn't working, there's a like physically, there's a good chance. If it's just that, like I can trust myself a little bit more without needing the medical history. Because I do know, like, hey, you've you got half of the playing cards and half of the information. So if something is a little bit gray or something does feel slightly off, just trust yourself to know that something's going on. I was catching up with my bio father and he was like, oh, what's new? And I just randomly was like, yeah, well, I've had some like weird weight gain and come find out I have hypogonadism. And he goes, oh, that runs in the family. And so I am just like so much more willing to trust myself with health concerns because I was right. Like I was like, there's no way. Yeah. Yeah. And it just really goes to show how important, yeah, how important that medical history is because- not everyone is going to advocate for themselves, I think, in the way that you did, in the way that you do, where you knew there was something wrong and you pushed. That just must have been so validating to know, okay, yes, this is a part of my story. I'm really happy for you that you found some answers and that you've persisted for yourself. Now, yeah. I'm hearing from you, you know, you said that you still have a lot of anger, particularly with your mom. How are you moving through that? How are you processing this anger that you feel? Oh, man. Well, I could. So sometimes I do write sometimes if I'm really upset. I do want to say, too, there's a lot of days where I, this honestly would probably sum up a lot of times how I feel. I know that I'm positive. There's still all of the. I really don't want to get out of bed today because I'm sad because everybody has been lying to me and there's not much I can do. I definitely get those days. I, mm. I get them all the time. But I wrote this over the summer. This was right around the end of May. It doesn't have a title, but I just wrote down how I was feeling. And what I end up saying in quote here, there's no easy way to put it. I feel like a discarded shell sewn in the fabrication of myself, lies of the mother. Replica of lies, identity, trials, difficulty that is not mine. Fractures, scars, errors so deep, this replica is not fit to keep. A loveless heap, job done, obsolete. And it was just like a reflection of like what I think my mom chose to do. And so there's there are days like that where it's really hard. And I try not to only just write those down. So on the counter side, I wrote this one and I did give it a title. Because I really tell myself, like, yeah, you might be emotional, but, like, do you really want to bleed permanent, like, despair into the world? Or do you want to balance it out? And so I do write when I'm feeling good, too. But I titled this mm. one, When the Days Get Better. Things are good. The cycle of hurt has shown me the sunshine in life. The snare of the trap in my mind released. And I'm able to occupy less space with the injected darkness of the past 
And so there's days where, like, that clarity comes through of, like, the storm isn't the storm anymore. The reason that I chose the word injected is because I, I feel this is very much forced onto me. I don't think that any of this was my personal burden yeah. in a way. But it's not, some days it's not as hard anymore. And I think I have a good balance of, well, she did what she's going to do. I'm going to do what I'm going to do. And that's that. So there's a mixed bag of how I handle it. Yeah. Thank you for sharing that um, and showing that duality, right? Because it, it's true. There's still hard days. And I think it's important for people to realize that you don't have to never feel sad about it ever again if it's something that brings you sadness. But it's good to have that hope and to move through it as well. So thank you so much for sharing. Yeah, I just yeah. think my poetry and like the writing that I have just shows where my mind has been over time. And so when I feel compelled to write, like it, it doesn't have to be a whole life update. But yeah, that's sort of where the picture's been and where it's going. And me being more or less at terms with it. And I'm still, I'm still super, and even more to this day, super grateful that my bio dad didn't want to just not have anything to do with me. And I realized that is a reality for a lot of people. And so there is a little, there's a lot of gratitude of that, that like the nature of the relationship is evolving where it's like, Hey, I don't have anything. And like, I might actually get some pictures of people that don't know me and I've never met them, but like, at least I'm going to know. So it's like just gratefulness for things like that. Yeah, I know you touched on it in the beginning, but I'm really curious to kind of dig a little bit more into your relationship with your bio dad. Because the last time we spoke, I believe you were hoping to go out and visit him. Now you've said you're not sure if that's going to happen. Mm -hmm. So how has your relationship evolved since the last time we spoke? So the reason that I didn't end up going out to where he's from in New York is because he still has friends here in the city that I'm from. So it was just logistically, he has somewhere to stay that's not going to like run a hotel. And so that that was where the conversation left off of is when I'm ready to visit or when we're ready to meet. I'll just come to you is where that ended up leaving off. But like, it's cool. I think I'm more willing to lean into it. I talked to him really about a lot of stuff. I talked to him about the new relationship jitters of, I don't know what we are right now and all this other stuff, which is cool. I literally have never had that before. I was never able to talk to my family about relationships. And on top of that, I, we, had very much a don't ask, don't tell. Like the way that I can discern it now is I think they knew all along about my, about me being gay, but like it was just something that wasn't talked about. Like I didn't talk about stuff with them. So like having somebody to at least be like, this is what's going on. I've never had it before. And that, that makes me really happy. There's a lot of time lost, but I know that I still have time to know him. What do you call him? Do you call him dad? Do you call him by his name? I'm curious about that because I think we all land in different places in our community, but you've had a little bit more time. So I'm curious where you are now. It's just George. I'm sure if I meet him and it's just like perfect, I have no problem being like, yeah, you're your dad. Sorry. <laughs> but <laughs> as for right now, it's just, hey, George, how are you? Yeah. I'm very curious about how you now see Michael Paul, because I've heard you throughout this last hour that we've been talking reference your identity and how doing things like going no contact 
ending your relationship, changing your name, all this change that's happened since the last time we spoke has helped you step more into your identity. So who is Michael Paul today? Honestly, gracefully tough. I just, I'm able, I think I'm able to understand people a lot better and I think be more fair and not allow mistreatment that I might have before. I really just see myself as somebody that's bold, bold and strong. And at the same time, hopeful that, you know, things aren't always, I don't always have to be bold and strong. I would like to have this (laughs) be like the one adversity that I have other than like the great amount of change that I put myself through. I really hope that one day I can take this and go, you know, I've had something really crazy happen to me too before. And find that next person taking on the storytelling for the people that are going to end up finding this as DNA tests become more and more commercially acceptable and accessible being that person. That's like, you know, and that happened too. how did you handle it? And just let them go and be like, I've been there, you know? So I, I see myself as like one bold person. That's tough. That's not willing to shy away from things. I'll take it as it comes. Absolutely. Michael Paul, thank you so much for joining me and sharing the journey that you've been on over the last year and a half since we last spoke. I'm so proud of you for taking care of yourself. And I hope that you're proud of yourself. And I just wish you the best as you continue to navigate all of this. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you. Thanks again to Michael Paul for joining me and giving us all an update on his journey. If you have a DNA surprise that you'd like to share, please submit your story at dnasurprisespodcast.com. Until next time. <laughs>